Dr. Michael Roizen. Dr. Michael Roizen. You, the Owner's Manual Radio Show. You're listening to You, the Owner's Manual Radio Podcast on Radio MD, iHeart, or wherever you downloaded us from. Thank you very much. We have a wonderful guest because we're going to talk to her about the power of downstate, and we're not talking about downstate New York, but your own downstate. So when I got the book, I said, um, what's the power of downstate versus upstate, thinking it related to New York and thinking it related to Robert Moses? Uh, Sarah, do you know who Robert Moses is? Yeah. He was the... So the architect of the of the highway system of New York. He was the architect of the parks, the highway system, and a he literally um, controlled New York State. Right. I think he kind of ruined a lot of great aspects of of old architecture and old villages and yeah. But that's another topic. <laughs> he also was the one who, who, but but he did a lot of great things in that he did the park system, the uh, state park system, Adirondacks, et cetera, in New York. Um, so he did it. So I said, she must be writing about the history of Robert Moses. But this is even more important because it relates to each of us and how we function. Uh, Sarah is a professor of neuroscience at um, UC Irvine um, at a and what we call a cognitive neuroscientist um, and uh, won the Office of Naval Research Young Investigator Award in 2015 and is really an expert on napping. And so I was going to ask her about napping before we went to that because in last week's Medical News of the Week, that's 1091A. The A's are always the latest medical news and what it means to you. The B's, of course, are wonderful guests like Sarah is. Um, the A's, uh, we had a story on uh, lots of napping raises a senior's odds for Alzheimer's and other dementias. And I wanted to talk to her about how that fit with a downstate. So the power of downstate, downstate is one word. And Sarah, I normally ask people before we get on, but because I was um, otherwise crazily occupied, didn't uh, ask you what website can we throw to for people to learn more about this in your book? My website is sarahmednick.com. Super easy. So Mednick is M-E-D-N-I-C-K. Sarah is S-A-R-A, no H. S-A-R-A-M-E-D-N-I-C-K.com. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. That's right. And then I'm also on Twitter, Sarah underscore Mednick. And this is the power of downstate. Recharge your life using your body's own restorative systems. So, Sarah, what's the difference and how do you reconcile downstate with the story on lots of napping could raise a senior's odds for Alzheimer's? Well, I think that that's a really interesting article, right? Because, you know, it kind of positions napping in sort of half the studies of napping um, talk about the disease risk associated with napping. And then the other half of napping research talks about um, how napping 
can improve your life and, you know, improve your memory and, uh, you know, improve cardiovascular function and improve, improve autonomic balance. So I think the problem with research on is napping good or bad for you is that a lot of the time, none of these studies really look at why people are napping. And in the case of this study, it's the same problem where it's like, you know, inter, um, sort of accidental napping, people who are just kind of so, you know, have such low circadian rhythm arousal functions and who are um, maybe have comorbidities where, you know, they have other sort of physical problems that are making them sleepy during the day. Those people are lumped in together with people who use napping as a tool um, to become sharper or, you know, to make themselves feel good, who are power nappers. And I've, I've done some studies that look... So it's, so it's, the, so it's the difference between a voluntary nap. You, in, you take it because you want to get a down state versus it occurring um, because you're, you're almost, your body is forcing you to yeah, do it. Yeah, because maybe you're unhealthy. Right. So, so we sleep for many different reasons and, or because you're depressed because you're avoiding people. Right. So people, people nap for many different reasons. And, um, and, and we have a study looking at different reasons why people nap and the ones that are associated with these kind of more unhealthy, um, kind of accidental or depressive type of symptoms, those are associated with ill health. But the ones that uh, that the people who nap because it, you know they've heard that it it's part of their mindfulness routine or it's part of their you know cognitive enhancement routine um, or they you know it's effective it makes them feel better those people they don't you know it's not associated with with uh, with uh, any kind of medical problem so I think if we if we talk about naps and and health we need to also talk about the idea of what's the motivation behind it. Um, yeah, so I think I think in, in these cases, my guess is that people who are um, beginning to have poor health start to nap more in the day. Now, in the chapter, so Sarah has written a book, um, and, and as you can tell, she is the pro on napping, maybe in the in the world, but clearly. Um, the pro that I have talked to about napping, and I've talked to a lot of people. Um, Michael Bruce was on several sessions ago, um, and Caitlin can probably look up what his session was relating to his book, Energize. I think it was around uh, 1086, Caitlin. But he talked about Energize and um, that when people take naps or usually take naps or feel like taking a nap late in the afternoon, that one of the things they can do is, in fact, take a walk or exercise outside. And, in fact, you in, in, the, in this uh, chapter, I guess it's on Restore. I can't remember the name of the title of the chapter, um, but it was... Uh, the Restolution, Join the Restolution, um, about sleep. Well, no, it was, it was actually about uh, all the things you can do um, here it is, replenish, revitalize, rebuild, restore. In that chapter three, you actually talk about uh, exercise as a potential way of, of if, what I would call uh, being in a down state, um, which surprised me that exercise did that. But I guess 
um, when you think about it. So go ahead. There are a number of things you can do to restore yourself. Talk to us about some of them. Yeah. So one of the things that's important to think about is that we are rhythmic animals. And by rhythms, this is, you know, I think why um, rhythms are important is because they actually give us upstates and downstates. And the upstates are times where we're optimized for energy release and we are fortified with nutrients and a lot of, um, you know, glycogen, ATP, all the good stuff that help us with um, output and with activating and with sort of more sympathetic drive. Um, and that's also a time when, um, you know, when you activate during that time, then you have a really, you know, you're sort of optimized to be your most active and strongest and uh, best thinker. And be, and if we have an upstate, then the next thing that follows is the downstate. And the downstate is the time for all the recuperation, replenishment, restoration of the systems that were strongly utilized in the upstate, right? So so it's the output and it's the restoration, output restoration. And that's what it means to be rhythmic. Um, and all of our systems, our cardiovascular system, our metabolic system, exercising, you know, muscular system, um, our cognitive system, our emotional systems, they all follow their own rhythm, but they also follow larger rhythms um, that are set in placed by the sun and the moon, you know, daytime and nighttime. And the point of the power of the downstate is to um, figure out, well, how do these rhythms work? And how can I then optimize these rhythms so that I'm giving a lot of, um, a lot more prioritization to the replenishing downstate part of my day um, so that I can be ready and fortified for the next upstate. Um, and so I talk about four different types of um, subsystems, basically. One is the autonomic system. Um, one is sleep and circadian rhythm. The other is exercise. And then the other is eating and nutrition and talking about how w- one of the ways that you like for exercise when you exercise, you suddenly have a huge burst of energy, um, and that requires a lot of energy mobilization, and it's going to spark your sympathetic fight-or-flight response, right? Your heart is, is, uh, is um, thumping fast, and you're moving blood throughout your body. And what happens is that's the up state, and then directly following that, you're going to have this very big protracted downstate, which is the parasympathetic system, recuperating, replenishing, um, restoring all of your levels to to baseline or even beyond baseline so they're even stronger and you have more nutrients for the next time you do your workout. And the point is to really understand that that downstate is essential for you to get stronger, for you to get faster, for you to get smarter, um, is, to, is to really honor and spend time prioritizing activities that enhance the downstate. And then the idea is also that when you time your exercise routine to make sure that the downstate of your autonomic nervous system is also aligned with the downstate of your sleep system so that you get your biggest burst of parasympathetic recovery 
right at the beginning of the night. So if you, if you exercise earlier in the day, then that really big burst of parasympathetic recovery occurs right when you're falling asleep. And you have this big resonance between your sleep systems, those super restorative processes during sleep, and your parasympathetic system, which is also a super restorative process. And then you get even more restorative processes. So just thinking about yourself as one whole system where all of these little subsystems can kind of, you know, you you can think about each one, but also how they're aligned and how they work together. That allows you to really optimize this natural system that you're that you are um we're talking to sarah mednick who is a cognitive neuroscientist professor at uc irvine and a uh, world expert on napping who has written the power of the down state um meaning the power of this period of restoration um, her website is Sarah, S-A-R-A, Mednick, M-E-D-N-I-C-K, dot com. And that's where you can find out more. Sarah, when, I've, um, when I talk to a couple people about the book, and including myself and my wife, um, we've noticed as we've gotten older, and other people have too, that they feel they want to take, and and we never had this, either of us, um, nor the other two people I'm talking about, had this in their work lives, in their regular life. I'm still, my wife and I are still working, but the other two people we talked to have recently recovered, or retired, and what they say... Recovered from work, (laughs) I like. (laughs) And what they say, yeah, that probably was Freudian on my part. Um, Exactly. But what they they say was, um, and what both my wife and I have a down period now around 4 p.m. where we want to take a nap, but we neither of us do um and as you've heard i keep drinking coffee throughout it and uh, try and recover that way but um rather than taking a power nap or anything else um we try and walk or work through it um is that a rational thing or should we yield to the um nap i i 100% think that uh, well first of all you're not alone as, as you age, circadian rhythms change. The signals that keep you alert, you're, you know, all day long, and the ones that keep you asleep all day, all night long, they just get, they get quieter. And so it's harder well, to well, really... Well, neither of us have a problem sleeping from hitting the bed till the time we get up. So that's not the problem. That's not the problem, but, but, but the arousal state, usually is. So, so what happens is that, that that push to be awake all day long that you have when you're younger, it just gets a little bit um, weaker. And so uh, there's more feelings of being tired during the day. And, um, and so, you know, the question is, does that happen across the board? It often does. People who are, have not been nappers and I've studied nappers and non-nappers, a lot of the time as you get older, you start to nap more. Um, and so the question is, should you, should you, you know, give into this, so to speak? Um, is it good for you? And so I think that one of the things that is important, I've done a lot of research in aging, um, and what I've noticed is that 
the restorative systems that we, the downstate systems that we rely on and that are so kind of natural and strong when we're young, um, we, as we get older, we stop paying attention to them. We stop doing the things that we should be doing to keep ourselves in this kind of highly restored state, uh, you know, optimized, highly restored state. So when you have a signal from your body that says, I'm feeling tired, I would like to take a nap, that's probably a really strong signal, right? And so ignoring it and not paying attention to your own body telling you something that is basically like, you know, what's 15 minutes of your day um, to just lay down and t- just close your eyes for a second and just see see what happens, you know, how do you feel? Um, you might actually find that the nap that you take at, you know, whatever three o'clock it is, and it's like a 15 minute nap could be a better, more long-term reset button than the caffeine. Because a lot of people um, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be good for them to be taking caffeine late into the evening because they get, they're very sensitive to caffeine and they could, um, it could prevent them from sleeping at night. I, I know that that's not your problem, but I think a lot of people are more sensitive to caffeine. Um, so I would definitely say if you have, if, if your body is signaling you across your lifespan, you find different signals that your body's giving you to either, you know, take more time, take, have a slower beginning of the day. Don't just rush into the world, you know, like get up slower, have a slower entry point. And then in the middle of the day, have a little bit of time away from all the busyness, you know, take a nap or meditate or take a walk. I think that that's actually extremely, um, I think that that would be the most natural way to listen to your own personal downstate. Well, as someone who's probably broken my downstate for the last 76 years, um, <laughs> I have a lot of work to do to catch up. So um, Never too late. Never too late. So, Sarah, just to confess, um, I lived on uh, five hours of sleep during my academic career um, and writing uh, lay books like this, The Power of the Downstate, an excellent book, as you can tell, and written by a real pro um, in the scientific field, Sarah Mednick, S-A-R-A-M-E-D-N-I-C-K dot com is the website. But Sarah, as someone who uh, has avoided the natural rhythms, I suppose, um, for my whole life, I am probably in real trouble. And and so I'm going to ask you, what kind of trouble do I get? So I have now on weekends, on Saturdays, I just so I'll, I'll confess to everyone, so on uh Wednesdays, Saturdays, and Sundays, I work out hard, uh, meaning I do 48 minutes of cardio, and on Wednesdays and Saturdays, uh, add another 20 or 25 minutes of, of resistance. And then the rest of the week, I do, uh, I have a treadmill desk, so for today, I got, for example, I'm at 18,000 steps so far today, but the which is not abnormal, but... Um, on weekdays often now, I feel like I want to take a power nap um, for 20 minutes, what what I consider a power nap for 20 minutes uh, at around 4 p.m., but now fight it and don't on weekdays. But on Saturdays, I allow myself uh, that 20-minute nap. Um, and I don't know that I feel any better or worse um, other than I feel like I didn't get 20 minutes of uh 
as as you understand academic life, twenty minutes of reading in. Um, so so um, should I take the power nap during the week as well? So when you when you wake up from the nap, how do you feel? I feel uh, I feel rested and uh, ready to continue my activity. And when you don't take the nap, how do you feel? I feel f by the so it almost invariably occurs exactly at four p.m. and by four twenty, I feel great again. Oh, this little dip occurs at 4 p.m., but then you feel great. Is that because you take a little more caffeine? Um, well, I don't know. I drink caffeine all the time, so I can't tell yeah. whether it's... Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you, I would say that you might be kind of uh, pushing through your natural signals during the week. Um, and if you had that, if you could take that 20 minutes, and, you know, what I've shown in, in my research on napping is that we can get the same amount of benefits um, in memory tasks um, in a nap as we have for a full night of sleep. So, so I should, so and that's if you sleep a little bit so longer than 20 my, minutes. But my, I would my say, fear I would say, of na napping yeah. as a cause of Alzheimer rather than as a result of it, um, or of dementia as a cause rather than a result is probably ill-placed since it would be a there's yeah there's zero there's zero causality between the two it's really why you're napping that's the problem and and the napping is a reflection of um of other potentially nefarious things going on with you um that that then you know evinces itself as as I'm sleepy during the day so I'm going to take a nap but if you do plan napping and you decide I'm just going to do this, you know, 20 minute nap. There's, I think that you don't have to be worried at all about um, responding to these inner rhythms and taking care of yourself in that way. So this is not only for uh, myself and my wife Nancy, but also Paul and Marcia. Um, you can yield to the nap, um, set it for 20 minutes, and it really is a restorative thing. This book has a number of other things you can do. Um, for restoration. It is The Power of the Downstate by Sarah Mednick, S-A-R-A-M-E-D-N-I-C-K.com is the website. Also available, I think it comes out exactly today if we've timed our release. It is a um, hatchet book uh, imprint, The Power of the Downstate. Sarah, thank you very much. Thank you. It's been my pleasure to meet you and talk to you. And thank Caitlin for great engineering, but especially thanks to both our sponsors, LifeFirstNaturals.com. Uh, and um, by the way, they do really good science, randomized, double-blind, controlled studies. You'll want to go to LifeFirstNaturals to see um, how good bovine colostrum is for you if you exercise hard or if you worried about bloating and leaky gut. Um, the Power of the Downstate, Sarah Mednick has been our guest today, and I want to thank you for downloading us. You're the reason we do this. Remember the A segments, and, and 1092A was a great set of um, medical studies and what they mean to you. The Bs, 
always uh, wonderful guests like Sarah uh, Mednick, M-E-D-N-I-C-K, and what um, she can teach us about living younger, longer. Sarah Mednick, thank you very much. The Power of the Downstate is the book we reviewed today. Thanks again.